Are you a cat? No. It's 2022. Yeah. Yeah. New me. (laughs) I got the new me's. My feel way. Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Aris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a show where two queer trans women do a, a catch up of the media we've consumed in our weeks and do skits and voices mm-hmm. and have a have a have a catch up. How are you doing, Zoomy wife? Uh, I'm very tired, possibly from all the zooming. I mean, that's well, a lot. Of... It's the not sleeping very I mean, well. Ooh. That is a lot of zooming you just did, but we all are also like a day back into having to have alarms in the morning. Alarms in the morning. I know. What do you mean we... we're not waking up at ten o'clock as or possibly eleven thirty. As two neurotypical people, um, who, who we definitely are. Yeah, definitely very neurotypical people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. F- fun fun facts about neurodiversity, everyone. Um. Autism and ADHD both have fucked up sleep schedules and we both sort of, we just sort of become nocturnal when left to our own devices. Like, we very quickly were like, uh, 8 till mi- uh, eight a.m. till midnight? What if that was 10 a.m. we woke up and 2 a.m. we went to bed? Like, yeah. our whole day just kind of shifted <laughs> by about two hours. Yep. And we're having... And it, was, it was really in sync with each other as well. Oh, 100%. Like, we... <laughs> This is the thing. I I would very happily sleep from two two a.m. to ten a.m. and like that is apparently a very common, specifically ADHD. The like yeah. just a couple of hours offset from everyone else's circadian rhythm. Yep. Um. Plus the good old like autism. There's no one bothering me, and it's quiet at night. Mm-hmm. Um. But we used that time having a weird sleep schedule to play some things. We did. We played yeah. some things. What 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 you what you played? We played that Mario party. Which we one did. Is it? Uh, we played some Mario Party Superstars, Superstars, which is a mashup of some of the old Mario Party boards and rule sets and mini games. Mario uh, Party, I believe. It's it's a little further than that because the I know boards are um, only yeah. from the first three. Yes, but the games are from just about everything. Yeah, so I know like uh, there's quite a lot of mini games from say four uh, Mario Parties four and five in there, which are GameCube ones. I don't think there's any mini games from any of the ones that go. F- further forward to like the the wii u like i think the gamecube is as far as it goes but mm. yeah we, we we played a good chunk of that um yeah. we did like three boards yeah so what i will say about this is older mario party boards are definitely a lot more unforgiving and brutal and mechanically those older older rule sets definitely have less um bullshit to help you catch back up that's bullshit to help you catch up, and they, because I was just, I think I'm late, used to later ones. Yeah. Because all, my first reaction was, don't go straight for the first star, you're never going to get it. Yeah. Go for where the next one's going to be. And then it did not move. Yeah, so the way they've set this up is a little unusual in that they haven't really explained the fact that these, like, the, the most of these boards have different rules that are very specific to, like, this is how we did it back in this game. Yeah. And it's not super well explained. So, like, the well, first... they're happy to tell you about the superstar that came and did the thing on this yeah. map in the original iteration. Yeah, but not to be like, oh, hey, this uh, board from Mario Party 1, I believe it is, where it's uh, a bunch of fruit on some islands, the, the star will only ever be in two places... 
Um, it won't move when you get stars. It will only move if you step on the wrong space, and that'll make it move. Cantaloupe land and Cant- watermelon yes. land. Cantaloupe and watermelon land. Um, I did enjoy that one, but it really was just... It wasn't being nice to you. It was kicking your ass. It was kind of... like every, every time you got round to where a star was about to be, someone would step on a space and the star would just move, and you were like, oh... Oh, yeah. Um, so like the f- like initially it was I didn't understand the rules, so I went to the uh, like the other island, thinking it was probably going to arrive yeah. over there somewhere, not realizing it only had two places it could be. So I sort of gave up on that. I was like, oh well, I'll go and get a star. And like I think I was like three spaces away from where it was supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. And like landed on the oh, or someone landed on the moving it option. I was like, oh okay, okay, oh I'll just. Head over there, and then like before I'd I'd gone over there, it had already moved back to where I'd just walked past on my previous turn. Yeah. And then I had like two or three turns where I just kept rolling ones. Yeah. And since that's like complete RNG. Yeah. There was there's like you can you can jump up and bash that block whenever you want. It does not change the number that comes out of it. I I don't know if that is the case in this one or not. I know that some Mario parties it does and some it doesn't. And I, I know some of them it, this it one. changes. It, it matters or or it it changes when it rolls that RNG. Mm. But as far as I'm aware, like none of them you can really like skill shot it. Oh no, you're never gonna skill shot it, but. Like, it's not, like, pre-decided... I don't... Maybe I haven't looked this one up. In most of them, it's not pre-decided what your result will be before you've even played, but when you play, a press will yeah. random uh, a number out. Either way, you cannot skill shot it. Yeah. So pre- pressing the button matters not. Yeah. Uh, we played one that was a big space station with lots of sprawling routes and some and doors. And a big laser cannon that sucks up all your coins. Oh my god, I was doing so well you until had like that. 124 coins? I had like 124 coins, was really near the star, and was really near the shop. So I was like, perfect, I'll buy a bunch of good items. we just had Rosalina going but... around in tiny circles, just trying yeah. to ramp up that clock. Yeah, I I didn't realise I was still in the range of the cannon at and a particular one. moment. I th- yeah, I was like one step away from leaving the cannon range and i get hit with the cannon and it it doesn't just take like that that cannon was more mean than like bowser spaces on other boards like it's not just like lose a lot of coins lose half your no every coin you have is gone everyone who happens to be on this line at any point losing the lot yeah it was a lot Mm. also also bribe the cops level that one Which is weird. Not Boo. a fan of that. Boo the cops. Boo um, the cops. And the last one that I thought was the more interesting of the three we played was uh, the cake. The birthday cake Oh, level. that was really interesting. Yeah. So the the gist of that I was... I started off really well at that one. Yeah. The, the idea of this is that you're basically doing a somewhat linear track up this... Sort of around this cake and spiralling up it to where the star is. And star's always in the same place. But... Along the way, there are these dollops of cream that you can pay to plant piranha plants in mm-hmm. that will steal coins or stars when people step on those spaces. You can put a small one in and just get coins, or a big one and get an star. Yeah. I... And as soon as it's got somebody, it becomes free. Yeah. And, like, all of the boards generally have star-stealing mechanics. You've usually got the boo spaces that will go directly mm-hmm. steal a thing. Here, stealing stars is cheaper but it's not guaranteed because you might spend yeah. those 30 coins to plant a big piranha plant and nothing ever steps there. Yeah. 
But it means that, like, there is this big gauntlet that if you end up on, like, the end up going back around, you've picked up your star, you're like, oh god, now there's like six big piranha plants that I have to carefully dodge along my way. Um, Or, there's an alternate route that the game can't decide whether it's a better or worse route, and I understand why. It is a shorter route, it avoids the gauntlet, you do get punished by Bowser, but you don't have to do the gauntlet, and like nothing Bowser does is anywhere near as bad as the gauntlet's risk. No, but the only thing I would say with regards to that is if you don't run the gauntlet, you don't get a chance that you will be one of the people putting something down, which means when you yeah. do go around there, you have a way worse chance of like oh, exa- every single one yeah. of those things being taken, and then you just like having bad luck and landing on... Even two of those in the wrong way could yeah. could, could just ruin your game plan. Completely ruin you. Yeah. And that that's the thing. Like, I feel like there are definitely times where the gauntlet is like, oh, all of the spaces are filled already and none of them are mine. I don't want to go around right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and where you want to be going the Bowser route, and it you can't choose to go the Bowser route, you play a randomized game to see whether you do or not. I like that board's gimmick. I like the whole random chance of, oh, thank god I only have to deal with Bowser this turn. Yeah. Um, it's, um, I mean, you you have no way of knowing which seed to pick to get the chance to go and see Bowser, so... Yeah, yeah it's, um... The, it's a good one. The, the roster's a little small in yeah. this Mario Party. I was hoping that we'd be able to unlock some characters, but it doesn't look like we can. It doesn't seem so, and like I, I was speculating that it might be because they don't want to have characters be playable characters if they show up in mini-games or as uh, like event spaces on boards, hmm. which I get why, but it does somewhat limit the roster to... like it, It's... it's n- it's not as robust a roster or differentiation between characters as, say, Super Mario Party had, obviously. Mm. Many games were fun, though. Oh, Mario yeah. Party. Yeah, I'll enjoy the, the mini games for the most part. Yeah. Ah. So what else? What else have you played? Oh, well, we've been playing another game on the Switch. Uh, we've been finally making some progress in Skyward Sword HD. Heck yeah, we have. Yeah, so we started playing this, like, back in the summer... And then suddenly all of our weekends were like, ah, people again. We we can people for a while. And we sort of dropped off it. Like, I think we'd done the first three dungeons in the game. Yep. Um, and we'd made it to the first sort of, like, a narrative thing has occurred. Mm-hmm. And during the festive break, we did the second set of visits to areas and mm-hmm. the third set of visit to areas. Yep. Uh, how, are you, how are you finding it? I am very much enjoying it now that we have turned off motion controls. I I really like the motion controls for this game, but they I were, have enjoyed they, some of them. They have been fighting you. They have been, like I don't know if it's the distance I sit because I'm maybe two foot further back from the screen than the, or, yeah, or from yeah. the, the switch dock than you are. And like as soon as we got that bow and arrow, I was just having no fun. Yeah. It was like Two or three hours of I cannot be fucked to fight this bow. Yeah, and because like, I would recenter the gyro, yeah, start aiming, and sometimes even before it had finished pulling back the the yeah. bowstring, it was out of gyro again, and I was yeah. just spinning and, on the spot. And it's clearly not a fundamental problem that is going to impact everyone with this game because I was, you know, re- yeah, you know, you slightly fun. different position in the room. 
having a much easier time with that. Yeah, and then I like I I moved the whole couch forward. Yeah. to try and be closer to you, and I was still horribly drifting for yeah. a lot of the I, time. I completely. I be- don't know if this is the same thing as me turning silver. Completely black. Do I just admit some kind of <laughs> signal that just destroys I, I, Joy-Cons? I, I apologise it took me so long to remember that non-motion was an option. <laughs> and, like, since remembering that, I've been swapping back and forth a little bit. Like, there are yeah. certain there are certain mini-games, Cough Cough Skydiving Clown, infinitely more enjoyable with non-motion controls. Mm. I generally really like the motion controls still, and I know that... I don't mind the swordplay in, yeah. in, in motion. That's Weirdly, that's the one I have the least problems with. Yeah. That... But it's, it's, <sighs> it's specifically it... things like the bow and arrow, the whip, the, yeah. um, the hook shots. Yeah, and I'm Anything glad... Anything that needs fine motion. Yeah. Well, now that we've found a control scheme that's working for you, are you enjoying the rest of the game? Yeah, it's been alright. Yeah. I, yeah. It's I been really... way less frustrating. Yeah. I really like this Zelda. I like its narrative stuff. Yeah, I the like story's the character interesting. Designs. The character's are inter- interesting. The art style is pleasant. Yeah. Um, uh, controvers- the sense of exploration yeah. has been good. The, like, the whole collecting goddess cubes thing and the fact that you're yeah. going back to the same places so you get... Chances to be yeah. like, oh yeah, there was that goddess cube I spotted. Maybe yeah. I can get it this time. I I'm still a fan of the revisiting the same areas, but with different contexts each time. Like I don't and think they open up. So. Yeah, I don't think that every one of them is like a surefire hit, but I really like the concept of come back here. Something different is available. Something has changed. Somewhere new is open. It feels less like saying, oh, you're doing the same thing three times, and more like. So you know that time you came here and it was a level, what if it was now a bit of a hub world? Yeah, what if last time you came here this was just like an open environment, but this time, you know, you've come back now and it's a, a stealth item recovery uh, mission. Like, it's... it's Or the whole area's flooded and you've got to yeah, swim through it. It's, I feel like it's smart reuse of very dense areas and very different contexts for your journeys. And, yeah. like... I like this as a, a format for a Zelda game. Yeah, and I doubt we're ever going to mm. get another of these because this one had very mixed reception and Breath of the mm. Wild got critical acclaim. So we're never getting this again. But I really like it. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind if Breath of the Wild wanted to put that dense level of um, like proper dungeons. Yeah. Like, as someone that loved this, like, loved Skyward Sword and played it through multiple times... Mm. It really, I think I'd have been, I think that that made me more critical of Breath of the Wild's lack of dungeons than I might have otherwise been because this was such a densely packed game. As like Breath of the Wild doesn't try and be this in any way, and I feel mm. like there's things from this that Breath of the Wild or its sequel could have learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, I never got the, anywhere near this far when I played through Skyward Sword. Well, played played Skyward Sword. Didn't play through it. Never yeah. played through it. Um, and I I think I got to the like where we got to just uh, like during the summer. yeah the the first like oh no Zelda's Zelda's gone through a thing. I what don't are we even know do? if I got as far as like seeing that scene of her yeah. disappearing through time because that might have like hooked me enough. Yeah. The problem was I I put the game down one day and then ADHD'd it mm. and forgot it, which is weird because most Zelda games, like uh, and like Breath of the Wild, that was yeah. what a good couple of weeks of 
Yeah, I've not been sleeping properly. I've been getting up very early in the morning and just immediately jumping on Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And I mean, like, I was 100% this for this game when it came out. I was that person, but, um, like, it's... I, I recognise that, like, it's... It is a bunch of very interesting ideas that aren't perfectly put together, but it's fascinating. I still think it's my favourite characterization in uh, the Zelda series. Like, I think it gets... An intri- like particularly its main sort of set of characters, I think are better fleshed out than most Zelda games do. Yeah, they feel like you know decently written people. I, I find Zelda's whole narrative and how Link interacts with that real interesting. Mm. It's a it's a real real neat game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are getting real near the end of this game. Yeah. Um, we have been for anyone who's played this game before. We have been collecting the final set of songs to go and try and find where where the Triforce might be. And we've got a row and a half of heart pieces. Yeah, I think we have one right? main dungeon left. And it is... It, it's we got the Triforce dungeon. Go find a Triforce in a dungeon. Well, we'll have to do our best to try and find the Triforce and not meet our demise. Oh! Also, I skydived and stole 10,000 rupees from a clown. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That clown got no money left. <laughs> Took all his fucking money. What about you? You played anything else? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you and you and Fee got me that giant <gasps> cube of, of, of doom. Yes, you now have a 17 by 17 by 17 cube. Yes. For, for puzzle twisting puzzle purposes. What if Rubik's Cube, but so much bigger and so much heavier. It's so dense. <laughs> it's so dense. It, it. That first solve was what the the better part of ten hours you spent on that solve. Yeah, it wasn't like a focused ten hours no, of doing it. It, it was, was like, like I opened it. I was like, I'm gonna checkerboard it, and I like checkerboard it. It was like, mm, that's a that's a tough twist. Hmm. Okay. And then like, I think over breakfast I like properly shuffled it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think that. Yeah, that's all that's to be done, you know. It looks like TV static. And I was thinking maybe, like, because I can do the Gigaminx in, like, an hour. Yeah. I was like, "Eh, maybe three or four hours. And, like, I left it. We did a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And I was like, gonna gonna have a go. And I did a side. Yeah. I did did a centre of one side, and I was like, that took... A while to yeah. That took most of an afternoon slash evening. Yeah, but then like I was like, okay, I'm gonna gonna have a proper go. Yeah. And then I did what, four more sides? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Cause there was one side left. Yes. You're, um, you're... No, there was that I got to the point of doing the, the perm uh permutations on yes, the other yes. two sides, and that was like Oh, that's this isn't going to take too long, and I thought this isn't going to take too long at midnight, and at two a.m. I finished. Yeah, because the thing is, from what I can tell, the thing that seems to be sl- take time is when you're doing your permutations and things have to be like, okay, it, does that line up with that in order to do the thing? Yeah, and having to count like considerably more, like. Okay, this should be... I'm uh, not having the greatest, yeah. like, I can judge that distance. Yeah, I need to count. Is that 11 across? Uh, 11 across and that's 11... De- okay, that's right. I guess yeah. just a lot more cube to be precise about. Yes. Same for when you're uh, doing the edge pairing. 
Um, the edge pairing was a whole different beast. Yeah. Um, the edge pairing generally is fine. the th- The problem I have is because it's it's quite tight, and I guess mm. it has to be because of the the cubelets are quite small. Yeah. Um, and like there are times when it's like I'm not turning that. I'm just gonna sit and just roll it around on the table because it's pillowed rather yeah. than rather than square. Um, like roll it around on the table and try and like level everything out as best I can before I do anything yeah. else. And there's a lot of like it's it's between the combination of it's very hard, heavy to turn, and sometimes like if you're trying to be do like a this goes down, that goes across, this goes back up. Yes. Like because it's so heavy, like by the end of like my first proper session, yeah, like that two a.m. I've done all the centers, like. My hands hurt. Yeah, this is not a single session solve in most cases, I suspect. No, I have thought about doing it as a charity live stream. Yeah, I could see it being great for that. <laughs> just lying on the floor like a dead spider at the end of it, just <laughs> my hands. Um, but despite all of the it hurts your hands and etc, you having fun? You had fun with it? Okay, so what? <laughs> we... we... I uh, got it on the 25th. I solved it by the afternoon of the 26th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, uh, I left it a few days while my hands recovered. And this morning I checkerboarded it again. <gasps> oh. We are recording on the 4th. I'm, I'm glad that this wasn't a you solved it once and was like, I don't need to do that again. Um, no, it, it wasn't like the uh, the square one where I was like, no, that's enough for me. I'm probably never going to get this out again. This is like, okay, I'll, it will come back to you. When you say the square one, do you mean the, the X? No, no, or... that's the X2. Um, yeah. The square one, um, it's uh, got like wide corner pieces and the center pieces are like about half that size. Okay. Um, and then it just turns at one point in the center. So you can rotate oh. the top and the bottom round left and right. Oh, yes. And then it has just like a, a... I know what one you mean now. Sorry. You can see why I got confused when you said the square one and my brain went, but they're all squares, generally. <laughs> it's called square hyphen one. Oh, square one. Yes. Not the square one. <laughs> square one. <laughs> I mean, it is the square one. I mean, they're all square ones. <laughs> no square one of them is the square one. Uh, technically, they're all cuboids. Me, me, me. Yes, like, this isn't that. This is very much a case of, like, oh, I can do it. And I'm, you know, I wouldn't mind maybe actually, like, working that, that cube in. Yeah. Like, seeing what it's like once it's had... A few thousand turns on it, which yeah. it probably already has, because we worked yeah. out it's what total QBs. It's like two thousand odd. Yeah, like two thousand seven hundred and something. Yeah, cubelets. It's 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 yeah, it's in the thousands. Yes. Ooh. Lots of organizing. Wrangle all those colors. Wrangle them. Yeah. Uh, there's only six colors, so it can't be that hard, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, had a great time with that. Look forward to doing it again. Um, and yeah, it might be fun to try and do it to raise money for charity, but uh, that will probably have some ibuprofen with it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, what about you? What have you played? Um, 
I played around a little bit with a thing for streams that uh, is just about ready to go now. Oh, yeah. I have a little shiny ditto. I can, I can, I can do the, I can do the V tubing that all the kids are doing, all the, all the youth. But uh, you have a beautiful face. Why I have, are you hiding? I have a beautiful face, but some days I don't feel up to being on camera because self confidence, and some days I don't feel up to talking because you know words are hard. Um, what and, if I was just an adorable ditto? Exactly, and you know what? Sometimes I just want to be a cute amorphous blob. Is all. Um, <laughs> Way so ahead of you. I, 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 I commissioned someone to create a shiny ditto that I can, I can make it do talking when I do talk, and I can, you know, if I sort of wobble side to side, it'll sort of wobble with me. Uh, I got all sorts of buttons on my stream, Steam Deck, Stream Deck now to. I got a little wobbly ditto, a animated ditto, little animated ditto button that opens up. I need to put like pictures, but it's the various ditto commands for various things. Like I can go happy ditto, sad ditto, angry ditto, confused oh no. ditto, hopeful ditto, detailed ditto, eyes open or shut, winking ditto, <laughs> waving. Woo! You just put the both arms up and wiggle them around. Um, shout ditto with an animation or dit no, which is shout ditto but with no animation to it. <sighs> Yeah, I could just be a happy little blob. And it's adorable. I've been having... I didn't realise how much fun it would be to just be like, ah, I'm just a little blob, that's all. <laughs> it's it's weirdly fun to just be a happy little blob. Sometimes you just got to be a little blob. Sometimes you do have to be a little blob. Yeah. Who um, a little blob these days? So yeah, I did a little test stream today, and it went really well, and uh, I worked out how to do... How to set it up so I could make it do my various animated buttons without having to be clicked into the program that it Ooh. runs. Um, so I'm using like a a MIDI uh, a MIDI plugin for Stream Deck and telling it to do a virtual MIDI key. Yes. And then using that MIDI key to be a global hotkey for yes. my yeah. rigging program. Nice. Wh so, which rigging program is it? Uh it's Adobe Character uh, Character Animator. Mm. Um as a person who doesn't pay for Adobe products, fun fact, Character Animator apparently really good for doing face rigging of uh 2D um like animated characters in real time. It's got a secret mode in it that will allow you to not have to pay for Adobe product and just do your animated little thing. I, my understanding is it is designed so that if someone who makes things in Adobe is like, okay, I will sell you thing I have made, end user doesn't also have to pay for Adobe to run it. Okay. Um, that it is uh, anim a streamer mode, I think it's called, but it's okay. it's so hidden away, Adobe do not want you knowing it exists. Like, you have to hold down a button... Like two keys on your keyboard while going to a menu setting and clicking something else, and it brings up a secret menu to go. Here's the streamer mode, but like yeah. a player. Yeah, it's essentially a you can't like create new things in this, but like mm. it'll play the file. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I I did a little test stream and it went really well, and now I can be a little ditto on stream sometimes. Yeah. 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 What about you? What you played this week? We played. <gasps> Some Power Rangers heroes of the grid rise of the Psycho Rangers. Yes, we did. That wanna, we did. Do you want to tell everyone about this? Because you are more oh, I'll, I'll powerfully give, rangers I'll, than I am. I'll give a very brief summary of the Psycho Rangers. Uh, this is from Power Rangers uh, in Space, which I think is the fourth Power Rangers series. Because you've got uh, Mighty Morphin, Zeo, Turbo in Space, I think is the order. Um, 
the gist of this is it is an evil Power Ranger team that shows up toward the end of uh, Power Rangers in Space. A wonderful series. Might have a better opening theme than uh, Mighty Morphin, if I dare say. <gasps> I know, controversy. Um, the Psycho Rangers are basically the only evil Ranger team counterpart to ever stick around for more than an, an episode or two. Like mm-hmm. They've been introduced in the past, but they either usually get retconned into being good uh, go Green Ranger in Mighty Morphin, or they're like a single episode villain. This lot stay around for like, I think like a good 10 or 12 episode arc. Like they have a good amount of screen time. Um, they have very cool designs. Um, their, their, their belts have an N on them because I think they're like, uh, I, I think it's Nega Ranger, <gasps> like negative bad, anti-bad Ranger. It, but like, that doesn't make sense in English, but they're still there because they use Japanese footage. The Wah um, Rangers. Yeah, basically. Wah um, Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're 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 cool. They're cool evil ranger counterparts, and we played. And there's six of them. Yeah, there's six of them. That's a that's a whole thing. Um, what <laughs> I could get into this short version. Short version. There is differences between the live action, uh, like American filmed content and the Japanese content. Um that became kind of a weird distinction because I believe they hadn't finished filming the Sentai show that Lost in Space was based on when they started making the the English adaptation, right. which meant... They had to fill some of their own. Uh, it, it, it's a whole thing. There is a green um, Psycho Ranger, despite there not being a green ranger in uh, Lost in Space. I believe right. Lost in Space gets a silver ranger, okay. um, which is a whole thing. I, it's a whole complicated rabbit hole. <laughs> um... I look forward to hearing about this rabbit hole at some point. Yeah, we started watching some Lost in Space. We'll we'll get yeah. to the this game is, we played in a second. So this is what I, what happens every year. I get Laura a new bit of Power Rangers Heroes: The Grid, and we spend three or four days uh, playing Power Rangers and talking about Power Rangers and watching Power Rangers. And Laura tells me all the things, and I get to, to, yeah. to bask in the reflected joy of Power Rangers. Power Rangers in Space <laughs> is weird. By like episode three, they were doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. It was yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. We had to we had to go googling and be like what what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series is this from because like those are high quality suits they didn't make them just for this no those are not the ones from the movie no this is from it's... some other series we went down a rabbit hole yeah. about but also a Saban show which yes. is why it showed up here yeah anyway it, the Heroes of the Grid expansion um you can either use the Psycho Rangers as uh regular monsters? regular monsters uh yeah you can use them as a boss. Or you can do something called Psycho Assault Mode, where you fight all of them individually, one after another. They keep coming for you, and then you fight them all at the end so as you get one big one boss. in round one, yep. two in round two, two in round three, and then in round four you have to fight all five of them. Yeah, and I really liked that as a mode. I thought it. I was concerned it was going to be a bit OP. Yeah, but like we managed to clear it reasonably easily. I I think it helped that the uh the 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 in space rangers that came with this set better balance than the base game I rangers. I think so, yeah. Or at the very least, less prone to situations where they had no options of things to do. Had a lot more stuff that could be done on zero energy in the hand. Yeah, I didn't struggle with oh I've got a car a handful of cards that yeah. are just reactions that don't do anything and like being paired up with another uh, character. I had a little bit of that with pink. I had a little reaction heavy, but yeah. like, yeah, it was nicely balanced. I like that the Psycho Rangers have their own 
individual, like, if you play them in this mode, they're going to attach to your ranger, here is a very bad consequence that will come up every now and then if you don't deal with them. Um, I I like that sort of nemesis system it has, where mm. it's, it's, it's going, no, you have to fight your counterpart whether you're ready or not, they're here for you, they're coming. Yep. And especially if you're, you know, playing in, um, like, four, four player is about the the base. Although, yeah. like, the I think you can play up to five players. Yeah. You can play up to six players with this, apparently. <laughs> yep. Um, but I guess you would have to pick an extra ranger. Yeah. Um, so we were playing two hands of two each. Mm. Um, so total four rangers, which meant that somebody ended up with an extra. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Psycho Ranger on us. It was me. Yeah. Um. I really like this expansion. I think it's really neat that again the sculpts are really nice. The um. Mm-hmm. I always forget the party equivalent's name in this. The robots. Yeah, Quantrons with the with the battleths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're robots with battleths. It's great. What if they were original battle series Battlestar Galactica? Cylons, but they had battleths. That is one hundred percent what they are. They're one of my favourite minion enemies <laughs> from a Power Rangers. I love yeah, them. Yeah, great. Um, but yeah, it's a, it a really neat expansion, and it seems to integrate and play nicely with the with the yeah. base game. So you get two yeah. new locations, and we managed to like took a little bit of reading through it, but I think we managed to work everything out. Yeah, pretty, there was there was a slight rule in the book that seemed a little poorly written, but yeah. like we we got there. Yeah, although I think having played through it, I understand better now yeah, yeah. what you're suggesting. I, I understand what it's going for, even if it doesn't write it well. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was that was fun. It um, was. And we had a, a good chat about Power Rangers, and we ended up watching a bunch of Power Rangers that will not yeah. come up in Watched, probably. But um, yeah, what else? Um, I tried playing a couple of little um, train-related video games on Switch because I thought, you know what, let's see what's, see what's on Switch. I googled, I, I searched the word train and was like, let's see what comes up. Both of these I'm going to have very short opinions on. I tried playing Tracks Toy Box Edition mm-hmm. and Mini Trains. Um, I'll start with Mini Trains because there's actually a bit more game there. Um, it is a game about getting train, uh, making train tracks in such a way that trains will collect stars and get back to starting depots, and the correct trains will ke- collect the correct stars in the correct order, and everything will end up where it's meant to. Mm. Um, it's a fine, serviceable, doesn't control terribly well, but like, it, there's enough of a concept here. Puzzle game. Um, the problem I have with it. And this is going to be a problem that will come up again with the other game I'm going to talk about. You can, when you've set up your train track and you're ready to execute the thing, you can go be in the train while it does the puzzle. That's great. Except it's a way too enclosed train carriage where you can't see anything out of it. Like, there's, oh. like you can't see what's going on in any way that would, like, A, be enjoyable as a person that likes trains, or B, would allow you to see whether the puzzle is solving correctly or not. It's just a way too enclosed Aww. cabin. Uh, tracks toy box edition no no real game here make make train track train go on train track sounds good which like but you can't put any scene dressing around it and i feel like that's the weakness it has is that you can't you can't be like ah this is a train going through a nice countryside or going through a city center or anything it's just like i'm laying down the wooden track in a void and the train will silently move across the track making no noise you can ride the train on this this one also 
doesn't have a good train view. These train games don't. If you're gonna let people ride in the train while the the thing happens, have a good good train view, good angle, good train view. Yeah, it's do better. Like what I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, what am I looking for in this kind of game? Because I'm looking. I've been trying to find like a train game that's gonna scratch a very specific itch. I worked out what it was. I want Dorf Romantic that I can go in train perspective. That I can just click on one of the trains and go, I just wanna I'm just gonna sit in this train and watch it go around. Cause like what I want is here is a world in which this train exists, there is context, and I can do that in a very simple drag and drop way, and then I get a nice view out the window of a train making train sounds looking at the thing I made. But from train. Like that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh didn't find it yet, but I'll keep looking. What about you? What you played? Uh, well, we played some Merchant's Cove. Oh, we did. Got you into Merchant's oh, Cove, huh? You found a board <laughs> game, I really did. <laughs> so, we played a surprising amount of this. We played, what, three games? I think we played three games of this over, like, two days. Yeah. And it's a it's not a lightweight <laughs> board game. No, it is not. Uh, I mean, it's a medium-weight board game. Yeah. It's, it's not too bad. And once you understand, like... A character. Yeah. You, you can transfer that to, like, any of the others. Yeah. So the gist is is that there's boats of uh, customers coming into a series of docks, and you are trying to create things to sell to them. They're colour-coded. You want to have the right size and colour of goods that they will buy it, and that will make points multiplied by how many people of varying colours come in. You pull customers out of a random bag and decide where to place them, which dictates who's coming into dock and what prices things will sell for. And each each player has a wildly different way of acquiring items to sell. Indeed. Uh, do you want to talk about some of these? Uh, yeah, so I talked about the Blacksmith on, on last week's episode. The Blacksmith is a dice rolling game. They have four dice locked into their board already, numbered one to four. And those are like their cull dice, that sets the temperature of their forge. But they are also rolling four coloured dice initially and have a chance to unlock four more as the game goes on to try and um, uh, like lock in at certain temperatures yeah. depending on what the numbers on your dice are. Yeah. So it is um, like rolling the dice, you can re-roll them between turns, moving your person around uh, and then like placing, like slotting those dice into the various forges and then one way or another... Um, manuf manufacturing those goods by running however many forges at once. Yeah. Um, that's uh, so. That's the the blacksmith. Then we had the alchemist, which yep. you played as. Uh, the alchemist is uh, trying to make uh, potions of varying colors and sizes by managing a potion bottle full of real colored marbles, where you can pull marbles of a set color you declare out of a row and more marbles will sort of fall down from above to fill in the gap, and if another marble of a compatible colour falls into that spot, you can take that one as well. And as such, you're trying to micromanage your little bottle of potion to be like, okay, if I take that one thing this time, that'll put a bunch of things of the same colour together, and then next turn I can take a bunch of things in a single turn. Uh, having to decide which side to pull the marbles from... Uh, first or second to make things at the top of the bottle that haven't fallen to a side yet fall to the side you want them to fall to. Yep. Um, 
and then you put all these these ingredients into your little cauldrons and and brew up your potions following various recipes. Yeah. Um, and then any icky you've used, which is like a, a wild card, gets moved into yeah. your toxic waste, and you can either toss out your tox- toxic waste, or you, there's various other ways yeah. you can sort of manipulate it and maybe move that back in and reuse it, or just put it back in your bag. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have the Chronomancer. Oh, the Chronomancer's wild. Yeah, that's the one that looked the most difficult to me when I was first learning it's, it. It's not too complicated, but you have to think several turns ahead of yourself. Um, You are simultaneously playing as um, basically Doc and Marty from Back to the Future. Yep. Um, The, the assistant has to move first and the scientist can't overtake them and you're sort of hopping back and forth between these two time machines in this um, sort of staggered clock- yeah. clockwise motion you, you can't do a- all the other classes can do actions whatever order they like they can repeat actions you have to keep moving back and forth between time machines in this sort of clockwise manner um but you have control over what spaces you're going to come across along the way and some of them can be quite powerful you have to manipulate the board so that you're picking what things you're going to be walking past and what options are going to be available to you and what they're going to cost. Um, they've got a lot of abilities to take a a very... A lot of what they do is just land on a space and just take a good, be it a small or a large good of a certain colour, and then they've got abilities to take, like, okay, I've got a small blue. I can change that from a blue to a red, so I now have a small red. I can make it bigger, so I now have a big red, and then I can split it, a big one, into two small ones. So now I have two small reds instead of one small blue. Like, there's lots of course-correcting manipulation, Mm. but you have to set your board up manually each time you do these loops. You've got time that you can sort of bank and use later. It's wild. Well, you don't have to use it later. You could, you know, get bonuses at the um, market rail in the market You could, but... Haha, I'm going to take like three turns in a row because I've got bank time. <laughs> it's a very cool feeling. The last uh, character that comes in the base game is uh, the captain, although more appropriately an admiral. They have four ships, they move around, and you are you can either be very careful and precise and take specific moves of, oh, this is, is one movement and they will move one ship, one position. Or you can spin the compass and get potentially up to four movement, but that will be putting more uh, cursed coins onto this other island. And if there are ever more than, or you ever need to put more than seven uh, on that island, you will start taking uh, corruption cards, which will be huge negatives at the end of the game. Um, and that's really all there is to that one. It's, it's very easy to get lots of small goods really quickly. Because you can just move a couple of ships out fairly close, only using a few movement each, and then just sending all of them to, to fish at once, mm. and pulling in... Like, you can potentially get four small items in two turns. Yeah. And that's, what, four hours of, of game time, potentially? Yes. It's not a lot. Um, so just getting a bit lucky with that spinner, yeah. you can do really, really well. Uh, but obviously, yeah, you're gambling a little bit on the spinner, and... Yep. Yeah, it's really... All of these are essentially doing the same thing, because at the end of the day, you're trying to make, like, okay, there's uh, lots of yellow people in the uh, in, in the big items dock, there's lots of red and blue people in the small items dock, 
Um, I want to make sure I have into the black market. Yeah, I want to make sure I have the corresponding items in good amounts. Can I do it before it's time to start selling to people? Yeah, and it's. Every time I've played this game, I've gone, I could play this faction better than I did this time. I, I can see ways to do this better. I feel like there's new ways I can play like I can play better that I come up with every time I play it. Yeah, like, it's been yeah. fascinating because like, the first games that I was playing solo, I was getting like an average score of about 80-something. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I think I've done all right. I got like four more than the than the peddler, who is the, the AI character. And then, um, like, we played a game together, and I think that game we scored, like, 130-something each? Definitely in, like, the mid-hundreds sort of range. And then the last game we played, we nearly did 250 each. Yeah. We've been improving. We've been working out what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's been been fun sort of getting a feel for it. Yeah how we would manipulate things. And there's also like common stuff that happens on every single board. So everyone has their own little stuff. Yeah, a little shop row. row. Employee uh, row. And so you can hire people from off of the main board and they will come in a range of prices from uh, like a small amount of time and a curse to an average amount of time or an average amount of time and a, a, not a curse a, a, and a corruption card mm. and they will have different like immediate bonuses but they'll also have different end game bonuses on yeah. and then where you position them in the shop will be when you run your shop row which is always a set amount of time so it's probably best to start filling up your shop with people before you run it too, too many times and you'll get like up to four actions when you do that run thing based on where you've got people positioned or if it's if it's all full they all have an ability to get rid of corruption card but some of them have things like i will do one of this thing or in the case of the alchemist it was like move uh move a couple of um marbles place a marble or place a marble from one thing to somewhere else uh brew on a couple of cauldrons but not all of them yeah, there's yeah. a few of them that have got the, like, do a thing on one place rather than on all yeah. of the places. And, yeah, that's, it's fascinating. And This this is one of my favourite board games I've learned in a while. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, this is, like, this is the one that I think I will pr- probably be sort of playing and pondering over for a lot longer than a yeah. lot of the others. And as much as, like, it's been a case of, like, oh, more time. And I, there there are tons of games I really want to play more of. And tons of games I want to play in larger numbers. Yeah. This is the one that I'm like, yes, but this is the one right now. Yes, this is the current board game fixation. Yes, and and one I think I will come back to a decent amount. I was a little bit concerned because I started looking around um, Reddit posts from Mm. when it first came out. And people talking about, oh yeah, I reckon there's probably 12 games in this. You'll probably play 12 times and then that'll that'll be that. Really? I, like, I don't I don't think so. That's wild to me that that's an opinion people had. Like a lot of people had that opinion. Yeah, I... you'll probably play it 6 to 12 times. Maybe a bit more if you're learning every character, but that's about it. It's like, what? I I cannot see eye to eye with that opinion. Yeah, but anyway, like um, yeah. I've I've really enjoyed it and I'm glad you've really enjoyed it and yeah. I look forward to introducing it to more people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, I think the last thing I want to talk about a little bit, and I'm going to sort of rattle through this one a little bit, mm-hmm. is I played Short Games Collection 1 on the Switch, which is 
a little bundle of indie games, some of which are uh, game jam titles, some of them are just like experimental little, just little short little indie games. Um, so I'm going to talk about, very briefly, the games that are in here. There is Swallow the Sea, uh, which is a game about going from being prey to predator back to prey. It's one of those, like, you are small, consume things bigger than you to get bigger so that you can consume things that are bigger kind of games. Um, it's mechanically, like, you know, I've, se I've seen this kind of game done before, but it does something very interesting with how it visualizes you, visualizes what you're getting big enough to consume, and then, like, going, oh, I, oh, I recognize when I was one of those and now I'm big enough to consume you, huh? Um... It's it's it does an interesting wordless narrative about you know survival and the role of predator and prey in that in so it was nature. Slightly more advanced Agario. Yeah, that if it was telling what felt a little more interesting of a of a story whilst oh, any story. At yeah, all. yeah. Um, there is Ghoststein, uh, which is a game about escaping a World War Two concentration camp thanks to help from a ghost. Um, uh huh. You play a little little Jewish boy uh, in in Nazi Germany, and uh, you control a ghost, putting up posters on the walls, telling the kid like, "Okay, go that way. Oh, quick. Okay, hide. Stop. Like com movement commands to sneak him past guards." Interesting. Well done tonally. The problem I have with it is checkpointing. Um, if you get caught, you will get thrown quite a way back checkpoint wise. And the problem is this is a slow-moving game. It, it is a game that mechanically is not particularly complex. It is, like, it is... You are, you're using a novel way to go move left, move right, stop, hide. And if you, you know, oh, I knew what I was supposed to do. I just, I just put that poster up slightly too late and I got caught. Oh, now I have to... Because I, you know, it's quite a slow-moving game. I'm going to have to replay three or four minutes of that to get back to where I just was. Mm. It's the only game in the collection I didn't finish, and it's not because it wasn't impactful or well put together. It's just a combination of the lack of checkpointing, the speed, and the lack of mechanical uh, complexity made it a difficult prospect to replay a section I had already mm. played. Uh, there is... Um, <laughs> There's Ure uh, actually, yeah, uh, I'll do this one next. Uranus, I'm going to read the description the game gives of itself and then tell you what it actually is. Okay. The description. Sleep, get sucked into an abstract orgasmic kaleidoscopic liminal space, and race to your death inside the head of an angel. Sounds like a Tuesday morning, yeah. Um, it's, what, is that? what it actually is is kind of snake played competitively on a neon sphere. Okay. Uh, that is the best way I can explain it. Um, you are trying to not hit the other person's tail for a certain amount of time in order that your eye will close and you will explode and get one life closer to eternal death inside the angel head. Of course. Of course. Um, there's a game called A Game About Literally Doing Your Taxes. What's um, that about? <laughs> there's a pile of things in front of you. Some of them are taxes, some are not. You slide them either into the this is important, I should deal with it pile, or the this is trash, I should throw it away pile. Um, starts off very simple, then it gets a little more complicated, and then it becomes a surrealist horror experience. Understandable. Um, effectively handled, um, maybe... Uh, 
maybe not necessarily for people who have history of um uh, being in mental health facilities it might not be the right mm. game for people but it it is it does an effective job of storytelling in a very short amount of time with a very simple set of mechanics um and then the last one in there i want to talk about is the good time garden okay. which i have simply written in my notes queer sexual psychedelia um it is a cute very well animated slightly surreal horrific but in a way that is too pastel to find too horrifying game in which you play a little naked man with an onion head trying to find things to feed to this the best way i can describe them is flesh mother mm. that hungers and you will go and find things to feed her um the way i was introduced to this game was um, watching a clip that uh, our, our lovely friend Steph uploaded on Twitter of little naked onion man finds a pair of titties growing out the ground, slaps one of the titties, stands up. It's a conjoined lesbian couple. They give birth to a titty baby. You go take the titty baby, feed it to the big flesh mouth. It's a weird... It's a it's a weird one. Uh-huh. Won't be streaming that, I guess. Yeah, this is on Switch. This is a Nintendo... Yeah, the little onion lad's got his dick out. Nintendo's like, yeah, it's cool. It's just how Nintendo is these days. Yeah. At one point, there were characters that were literally just buttholes with legs shouting at me, being like, we can see your butthole, like mo mockingly. And I tried to walk away and they followed me mocking. And I was like, I'm walking back to the flesh mouth. You're going to get eaten if you keep... If you want to keep following me and mocking me, fine. You're going in the flesh mouth. In the flesh mouth. Um, It was... Beautiful and bizarre. Okay. Um, this is all. How much is that? Uh, I got it on sale. I don't think it's on sale anymore. But oh. I think it was like it was like a few is a few quid on on sale. And I spent an afternoon playing a few mechanically interesting, narratively curious uh, indie games wow. on Switch. Uh, that is Short Games Collection One. None of them were perfect, but like. I had a fascinating time, and I'm I'm more than happy to put some money down on a short but fascinating afternoon. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You played anything else? That is everything I've played. That's everything I've played. Well, <gasps> time for this. Right, right, everyone. I'd like to uh, gather gather you all to, to, together. I know, I, I I know. It's 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 such a such a. a a heartbreaking day for us a all. Tragic loss to us all. Look, we we all wanted to believe that we could put this off forever and that we would never have to have this funeral. But um, it seems so too soon. It look, seems too I, soon. I, I look. I I prepared a I prepared a little speech. Um, I think we all thought that there would be more time. Mm. We all want to think about the memories that could have been, the memories that well, could have been made. Out. I know the 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 potential cut short in its prime. And we tried everything to make it. I know, I know, I know. But just look, last longer, just a few more, a few more days, special days. I know, I know. But as heartbreaking as it is to hear, you did have that nail polish for seven years and only opened it once. It was bound to eventually harden up and become unusable. I'm. Sorry for your loss. It wouldn't even work when I added some thinner to it. <sighs> it was beyond saving at that point. <laughs> it was such a good colour and, and they discontinued it. 
<laughs> well, we shall all pour out a little shot of our nail polishes in 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 uh, commiseration. Oh, that one's got glitter in it. Oh, yeah, that's very nice. That one, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Where did you, sorry, where did you get that one? Ah, oh, meanwhile, this one's been discontinued. Oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> and you're pouring it out. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realise how nice and sparkly it was until we were pouring it. I'd, I'd done a drop. I'm keeping. Mm. Keep the rest, okay? Keep the rest. Right. I've had it a few you never, years. I... You never know when when that day might come. <laughs> you've opened you've opened it to the elements again. Ah. <sighs> Are you trying to work? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be. Got studying to do? I really need to get this deadline done. Are you staying off the internet for your mental health? Avoiding all those social media sites? Again, I'm meant to be. You're still picking up your phone, though, aren't you? I'm not doing a good job, but I'm meant to be. That's why we've invented a tiny little hand that just reaches out and slaps you on the wrist if you any time you pick up the phone to Ow. start browsing. That's Ow. right, naughty. Naughty, Ow. stop it. Put the phone down. Ow. Get, on, get on with your, your book that you're writing. Ow. Get on with your thesis. <sighs> That's right. Tiny hand that'll slap you on the wrist. <sighs> Naughty bad. You get that work done. And then you'll feel better afterwards. What do I do now? My publisher's calling on the phone. Well, it's not social media. It's different. <sighs> Tiny hand that slaps your hand away. Ow. I went back on Twitter. Tiny hand that slaps your hand away. <laughs> so, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Uh, I've not put a huge amount in my eyes. Um, We did watch together an episode of Game Changers over on Dropout. Uh, oh, that was the musical one, right? Yes, uh, it's, the episode is called The Official Cast Recording. It's from the most recent season that's just been airing. Uh, it is an improvised musical based on prompts that the, the show host was throwing out, and they, they put together a musical about uh, Mountainport, the fictional city in which uh, a baseball-playing prodigy wants to come and fulfil their dreams of playing baseball. And there's a mean old lady who lives there's, in a tree. There's a mean old lady who lives in a tree who, there's a prophecy, she can't, she, can't let, she can't let baseball kid play baseball in the sunlight, everything will go to shit. Um... For a little, like, half-hour thrown-together thing, weirdly engaging. Like, I was very into this musical by the end. I was like, I'm, I I, need to know how this ends. Uh, I was very satisfied by the resolution. It was very amusing. <laughs> it's a good little musical. Yeah. Um, following that, YouTube recommended me another improvised musical that two of the people from that had done together. Mm -hmm. uh, the video is called Off Book. The Improvised Musical, live from the Curious Comedy Theatre, and it's on the Earwolf channel on YouTube. Um, this was about an hour long, so it was a little longer. Um, they improvised a musical that ended up being about various uh, factions of, of, of people toward the end of their school years in a, uh, like a, f uh, a mock trial club doing like fake... Um, uh, being lawyers and defendants and etc. And the various aspirations and uh, emotional narratives going on between these like various various little factions of, of people. It was really mm. sweet. Uh, the bits I saw, they, I think they did a good job of um, yeah, you know, just um, chatting, 
chatting amongst each other as, as being different groups. Yeah, they they had a sort of set up by the end where they had like three pairs of chairs on the table uh, on on the stage, and it's like okay, if they're at that set of chairs, they're these characters. If they're in the middle chairs, they're those characters. Mm-hmm. If one of them sat in a chair but one's standing, one of them is from that group and one has come from a different set of chairs. So you know that they're not one of this pair of characters. Mm-hmm. They did a lot with, like, scene building with multiple characters using only two people. Um, it was real fun. I enjoy their stuff, and I need to see if I can find more of their stuff out there, because they're, they're real good at, at improvising some amusing music that has a little bit of heart. A music? Yeah. What about you? What are you putting your eyes? I read through the Adventure Zone comic uh, number four... Uh, Crystal Kingdom. Crystal Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's four. I think that's four. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They did, Carrie did an amazing job again of um, of doing the art on that. It was nice to actually get some time to sit down and read a book, <laughs> even if it was a comic book. <laughs> uh, I just find them easier to manage for my ADHD and my aphantasia. Exactly. Show me pictures of what happened. Yeah. I can't build my own picture. Show me a picture. If you can't build your own picture, Stubble, it's fine. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, well, and I haven't actually read it myself yet, but there is like a nice sort of like how how these things get built and yeah. like making a page and how how that works and the scripting process and stuff. And I thought that was really interesting to just have as like a, a DVD extra at the back of the book. Yeah, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I've not watched much else. It's been a very uh, playing and playing heavy week because I've been I've been getting work deadlines done. Yes, there yeah. we were, enjoying the last few moments of the holiday. Yes, and then the holiday was over. Indeed, I the, had a nice like ten days off and then hit the ground running back, just being like right. I've got like three things that need doing today. Yeah, we both work Sunday and Monday. Yeah, just about got on top of everything. Just about. Yeah. You still had a bunch to do today. I I I had a bit to do today. I got on top of it. It was all good. Mm, I yeah. had a day job, and then I've got to edit this. It's a it's a big busy time. It's a big busy. It's always a big busy. It's always time. a big busy time. It's always a big busy. Well, we've finished writing our first draft of our book, oh, yeah. which means that it's going to be a little less busy for for you for a it little bit. It is. I can finally get around to writing that, uh, or maybe making that album I was going to yeah. make last You're year. You're going to have your Wednesdays back creatively. Uh, I might be able to finish editing Polyari. I know, right? Uh, hey, if you haven't checked it out, Who Hunts the Whale? It's on Unbound. Unbound.com forward slash books forward slash whale. If you like supremacy software, as a skit we do here. Go we and wrote check a whole out. book about it. We wrote a whole book about it that was not that is not improvised in the moment. We sat down and actually wrote it, and it has yeah. a big narrative and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what? What if that was fifty thousand words plus yeah. of of, uh, of story about what it's like to be a PA at Supremacy Software? Yeah, I'm real proud of that book. Yeah, but yes, it'll <laughs> be nice to have our Wednesdays back again. That has been the Wednesdays. Yeah, that has been the Wednesdays. Might be able to go swimming again. Oh, perish the thought. Oh, wonderful. Imagine it. Yeah. I'll be able to be tired, but also more productive. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, anything else? No, that's basically it for what I watched. Uh, double check, that's everything. I think that's everything. That's everything. Well then, time for this. Laura, Laura, 
funny sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you uh, find it difficult to uh, hop between tasks? Yeah, the neurodiversity will do that. I'm not good at, like, disengaging from one thing on command. I get, I kind of get stuck in stuff for a bit. Do you need an easy way for a loved one to get your attention without you seeming rude for not just immediately dropping what you're doing and responding? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh the neurotypicals don't... They're like, why, why are you ignoring me? I'm like, I need to unplug my brain from the thing. Do you have any idea where I am? Yeah, I'm. my brain has, like, a bunch of things it's got to unplug. I need a minute. Also, I have ADHD, so I might forget that I'm unplugging halfway through doing so. Exactly. Like, I, I need you to, I need you to, like, keep... Me aware that you need me, but don't expect me to stop right now. Exactly. So, introducing the task disengage. Introducing the task disengagement sand timer. Oh! Yeah, just so head on over to taskdisengagementsandtimer.lol.net. This handy timer, your loved ones can make it known that they need your attention without any explicit ex blah, 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 without any expectation for it to be sudden. Ah, so it's just a thing that's in my periphery that's like, oh yeah, I do need to disengage and I've got a bit of time to do it, but they 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 can't tell me to be instant because there's a timer. Exactly. They, they go, wait a minute, the timer's there. Yeah, they understand that they have, you know, they're, they're booking you in. They're booking you in for somewhere in the next, uh, whatever the amount of time of the timer that you provide them is. Exactly. You see, the timer is available in different time durations, depending on how long you are likely to need to disengage. And uh, with a bunch of extra sand, so you can actually have longer to disengage, disengage than the neurotypicals assume. Just in case, there's a little like button you press at the top, and it just yeah. chucks more sand into the top of the timer. Yeah, sorry, it's it. Ah, oh, I don't know where that sand came from. Definitely, definitely was in there the whole time. Yeah, bonus time. <laughs> bonus time for me. You can even have that on a little like sh keyboard shortcut or a oh. hotkey. So that they they don't see you reaching over for yeah. it. But pff, suddenly just pop up the Steam Deck. Yeah, pop it in your Steam Deck. Yeah, I uh, called it Steam Deck. I keep getting those two confused. That, I mean, that's going to be really disappointing. Yeah. That feels like some, the way some grandparent really disappoints a child yeah. at, at, on a birthday. I got you the new Steam Stream Deck. Steam Deck, Granny. Yeah, the Stream Deck. Not the Steam Deck. <laughs> Stream Deck. It's going to have El some... Gato! <laughs> <laughs> oh... <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. So that is the task disengagement sandtimer.lol.net and enter the code QNPS19956. Maybe question mark. Five, who knows? Six. I'm going with six. <laughs> 196. Well, that's what we decided the code will be. Yes. Regardless <laughs> of which number episode we're on. And you can get. Uh, an amount depending on what time you log into the site oh. of using the code. Oh, I see. Yes, because it's like a sand time you see. Oh no, I, I get it. That's not a good system, but I get it. It can go up as well as down. I know. I don't like that. But I mean, it will still be a discount, but it will be a different discount. Give me the good discount. <laughs> yeah, it's all a good discount, but it'll be slightly different, <laughs> just to give it some flavour. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I know, uh, I, I, how do I, how do I do this? 
I think it's time we get in on those NFT things. Excellent. Yeah, because, like, look, I, I've been hesitant to suggest it, because on the one hand, you know, money, but on yeah. the other hand, um, people really hate them, and that might mean less money. And it's been like you know I I've been trying to work out like we are we we're where are the 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 scales hanging is 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 it money or no money? Well, I have a bunch of billionaire friends and yeah. they seem very into it. Well, exactly. Like like here's the thing. I was like, why why are they? In, I was trying to work out like why are they into it and why are the 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 peons not? Yeah, and I think I finally got it. Right. Someone described it as uh, a pyramid scheme with less regulation. Oh yeah, I, I you know how I feel about regulation. Oh yeah, no, the less of it the better. And you know, pyramid schemes already fucking fly under the radar. But like, look, the way it was put to me, and I, I really, I really like this is the people at the top. That's us. Yeah, we are basically the only people guaranteed to make money, and everyone else who buys after us is basically going, ooh. They have a bunch of money. It must be good. I'll buy it, and we get money off that, and then people buy it off them, and the people who already have money who buy in early get the money, and everyone else who gets in late gets nothing. Right. So you're saying now is the best time for us to get in early. Well, I'm saying if we make our own, right, we will be the ones getting in early because we made it, and then we sell it to our existing customers. Yeah, exactly. Because like, look, even if none of them buy it. We got paid already. Like as long as we we make it, we don't buy buy this shit off anyone else. We make the thing, right? That costs us nothing to make, basically. Yeah. We all all we have to do is go going up. Up is the only direction. Up is the only direction. Yeah. As opposed to down, which is where I'm turning the aircon today. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. That's cool. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's been. It's been real hot lately. It's been so warm. So warm. I cannot understand why it's this warm in January. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It is the hottest January in, uh, on, on record. I well, as long as we keep pumping out these NFTs, we can afford to pump a air condition up to compensate. And I'm sure what if we were selling stylized fans to our fans? <gasps> you, you could be a super fan. You were a fucking genius. <laughs> I know. So, <gasps> what have you put inside your ear meats? Uh, I put a couple of put a couple of songs in my, my ears that I would recommend. Tell us uh, about your ears. I listened to One Big Bed by Emily, uh, Emily Axford. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of femme vocal with like uh, ukulele is the only real instrument being played. But it's being played a lot more somber than you typically... Uh, ukulele is typically used for. Yeah. A lot lower notes, a lot more sort of melancholy uh, rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, about just crashing into bed and having that exhausted lie down together at the end of a tough day as a D&D adventurer. Okay. It's, it's you know, it, it throws a couple of, you know, like, you know, it'll mention a couple of, like, ah, uh, necromancer and blah, 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 and that and the other. But, like, at its core, it's just crashing into a big bed with the people you love and going, oh, God, we did it, and you're all still here at the end of the day. Yeah. It's quite sweet. Uh, I also listened to a track called Gay Science <laughs> by The Letter Girl. Uh, very sort of distorted femme rock that is played through the lens of like the best way I can describe it is like an 80s horror movie sound palette um like very specifically and this is it's gonna be bad that this is the only thing I can think to compare it to it's um 
Sadie in Steven Universe, when her and her band are doing that that zombie themed song, yes. that sort of slightly organy horror, like mm-hmm. a slightly campy horror. Yes, that sort of sound palette, but with like rock with a lot of reverb on it. Right. It is a really interesting sound that I don't know how better to describe, but I really dug. Uh, and the last one was a track called "Someone" by Daisy, um, which. It's a tough track to Google because I was trying to find the lyrics for it. There is a, well, the problem is there is a track called Someone by an artist called Daisy the Greatest. Oh dear. Who is a different artist from Daisy. Different song. So, um, this is a track about someone just going on a date, you know, going on a date with someone who you know isn't going to be right for you just because it's nice to have someone treat you nice and flatter you for a night. Uh, It's got a little bit of like a surfer rock sound in places in it. Um, but with heavy distortion and heavy reverb. Um, femme vocalist. Again, really interesting sound I hadn't heard before that I really enjoyed. What about you? What do you listen to? Uh, mostly mixes on YouTube. Um, so I ended up, um, listening to a video on the, uh, Andrea Boma Bucarasso channel, uh, called History of Metal. Uh, which talks about different kinds of metal throughout history and how they sort of all spun off from each other. Um, uh, that led me to want to listen to a different mix called Two Hours of Epic Power Metal Part 1 Best of Power Metal Compilation AMF- <laughs> AFM Records on the <laughs> AFM Records channel. Um, yeah, I just fancied some slightly operatic, um, yeah. technical, speedy fun um metal sounds yeah lots of slaying dragons and stuff yeah i've not listened to, to all of it yet it's an hour and 53 minutes long um yeah i'm enjoying it so I, far i do occasionally enjoy a bit of power metal it's it's it's, it's a it's a good vibe i couldn't tell you if i would recommend any of the tracks on it because to be honest i was listening to most of it while epilating my legs so um because I wanted to be fancy, I realise we're in the middle of winter. But hey, you can you can be fancy. I can be fancy. I can paint my toenails and yeah. I can my legs just because I fancy exactly. a bit. Exactly. Bit of a time. Um. Yeah. So yeah, couldn't really hear anything much apart from the music and and the general vibe of the lyrics over uh, over an epilator. But yeah, that was fun. Um. Have you got any others? No, that's about it for me. Um, I listened to a uh, hour and forty minute long mix um, on the uh, DJ Electric Samurai channel uh, called Psychedelic Trance End of the Year Twenty Twenty One Mix Part One, one hundred and thirty five BPM to one hundred and thirty seven BPM. Mm. Really nailing down that BPM. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a nice amount of psychedelic trance with lots and lots and lots of pictures of mushrooms. <laughs> I wonder what that's about. Um, and the next one I listened to was um, on the uh, Disomnia Music Channel, uh, Progressive Slash Psytrance Mix 2020 Psychedelic Hallucination Part Number 27 Mixed. That's three hours and a minute long. I mean, if if you've made it that that number deep into a psychedelic, how long have you been hallucinating? Are you okay? If you've been hallucinating for more than sixteen hours, please consult your physician. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Lots of lots of good music, mostly. Um. Yeah. As I say, mostly mixes, very long mixes, power metal, 
things to listen to when I go swimming because somebody was very kind and put me a, a, a yeah. waterproof uh, MP3 player. You can also so now... do a music while swim. Well, the other thing that it will be really good for is the not slapping my eardrums with, with moving water. Honestly, that's been the biggest thing. Even sometimes I'll just have them in and pause the music and just be like, be quiet, but no, no water mm. in here. Well... Yeah, I mean, I don't mind water in here. I don't mind water out of here. It's when it's, it's sort of like flowing in and out really quickly. It's the slo- It's the the it's, repeated sloshing, especially if the sloshing comes in quite hard. Yeah, it really fucking hurts my very sensitive ears. Same. I have, I have had ear problems since I was born. I've had like th- four sets of grommets in my life, Ooh. and I still have lots of problems with them. I just have genetically crap ears. Yeah. Um, so yeah, slapping in water uh, is is a big problem, and yeah, having having like the ability to listen to music, and zone out a bit more. Terrible thing about about going swimming, getting really stuck in your own head, but in a bad way. It's like oh, if I no. just had some music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might distract me from my Honest, own Honestly, having music while swimming has been a fucking godsend. Mm. So so glad I I gave it a go. Yeah. So I've got some... Oh, I just remembered another piece of music <gasps> I listened another to. Another piece of music? Well, I'll just say words until we find uh, it. It's on the Nancy P. Ellis uh, channel, which I think I've mentioned previously. Um, aesthetic song, cosy vibe when raining, lo-fi for witches only, lo-fi slash calm. Um, yeah, I it's... didn't know you were a witch. I'm a witch. <gasps> oh, that's I'm pretty witch. hot. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty hot. And pretty and hot. Um, yeah, I I listened to that while I was doing a lot of editing work on the on the book on Sunday, and I got through three chapters, so it must have worked. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Recommend that. Enjoyed it. Lots of lots of good lo-fi vibes. Yeah. I like it. I'm ready for more music making soon. <laughs> uh, everything. That's everything I've listened to. Well then, <gasps> after this. Right, right. Thank you all for coming. Thank you for coming today to uh, to our um, our press conference. We're we're gratified to have you all here uh, at Facebook. We have noticed that some of you send an awful lot of uh, reports about mm-hmm. problematic content. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, historically, we have pretended. To look at those and then find no issue uh, with any of the fascists, the bigots, the con artists, and various shades of anti-vaxxers. And we told you that there was nothing wrong with their posts. However, since you still keep seeing things uh, that you don't like, we have decided to take strong affirmative action and we are going to put little notifications under people's posts, under your friends' posts, so you can say if you would like to see more or less of that person's posts. Wait, wait, well, that doesn't really solve the problem. But if your friends post things that are upsetting you, you can see more or less of those things. Yeah, but it's not my friends that I'm worried about. It's the bigots and the fascists and the... those... people. This will be the answer. This is what we are providing. We feel that we want to make Facebook a better place, so choosing to see more or less of people's posts seems to be the way to forward. Justify each and every one of your friends and interact with them more. 
Because we've noticed some of you have been avoiding social media with your tiny little slappy hands. Yeah, because of the bigots and the fascists. And the tiny... Well, we blame the tiny little slappy hand. There's a problem before slappy hand. We would like to see less posts about the tiny slappy hand. Um, hey, you Hi. you seem happier. No. No? Is, no. No, is the, the new year treating you well? No, everything is terrible. I, you've got a real big smile on your face. Yeah. You're laughing and you look blissed the heck out. Mm. What, are you sure that you're not having a good time? The world is dying. I'm very curious how that got you here. Oh, I've had a brainworm fitted. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it feeds on all the cortisol I produce and <laughs> shits out dopamine and serotonin. <laughs> that sounds fucking great. It's amazing you should get one. <laughs> Hail the brainworms! <laughs> I mean, look at this point. I'll take a brainworm. It sounds fab. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure justice warriors. Brochure justice warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, uh, not great, mate. The uh, weather's on the turn a bit. We're actually getting... I mean, it's been warm for for, for December, January. Well, well, I mean, uh, that's, that uh, is my not... Joints. Unfortunately, not, not surprising, not agreeing, but... Not, not agreeing, I yeah, must be honest. Yeah, we're hitting the my knee can feel the cold. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 it, not even necessarily the cold, it's certainly a lot damper around and it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's not fun. It's the bit of winter that isn't fun. No. They're not a fun winter. No. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, certainly playing up with the old joints, I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, yeah. It's got me thinking, as I, as I do every year, about, uh, <sighs> you know, uh, it's a particularly rough time out for homeless folks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, the, the dampness and the uh, the temperature drop, really not fun. Yeah, and, you know, at this point, you know, the, the, the wetter it is, obviously, hard, much harder to find somewhere... Somewhere dry. You know, usually yeah. it might be a case of just staying out of the wind, but obviously this time of year you've got to stay out of the rain as well. And once the rain has soaked you through, you know, it's, there's no getting warm again until yeah. you've managed to have a proper dry out. But, uh, you know, a lot of places don't want you you're hanging around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things I think about every year. Like, look, it should be nice and, and supportive and caring yeah. if you can to homeless people, you know, regardless year round, you know, homeless people. Not not getting nearly enough support, getting too much hate from the world. Yeah. But like particularly this time of year, if you know, if you are able and you're in a position to do so, like this is a particularly important time of year to yeah. be supportive of the people who who need it the most. Yeah. And it, it really hasn't been, you know, a great couple of years to be a homeless in because, you know, uh, a lot of places are encouraging people to only use uh, contactless yeah. payments, um, which means people are, are, you know, they are carrying less cash with them. And yeah. those who might have had change, you know, fairly regularly two years ago, have oh, what, spent less what, and less time with with that money. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's me. I, you know, I used to very regularly have cash on me, and I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd give change to uh, homeless people, but. 
I'm very aware of the fact that I've basically become a, a contactless, non-physical cash person the last couple of years. And well, you know, you've been trying to be as safe as possible, you know, for, for, for good yeah. reason. Or a lot of places just aren't taking it. And yeah, no, that is also true. Yeah. You know, plenty of places where, you know, usually it would have been a part of my ritual going going out yeah. for a night to take some cash out so I know exactly how much I'm spending. Exactly. And even then, like that, that's another thing that's been a knock-on for homeless folks has been... Even if you do have cash on you and you, you give someone cash, not a guarantee. For a while, there was no guarantee that places would take it. Yeah, it was a thing yeah, for a while, exactly. and you know that seems to have somewhat receded now. Most places will, you know, not everywhere, but a lot of places will yeah, take cash yeah. now. But like, it's it's a rough time. Do what you can to support and go out of your way to have some cash on you because. You know, yeah. I mean, if you've got the cash to spare, yeah. obviously if, if not you, everyone does. No, uh, especially course, this time of year. It's if, if you're in a position, for here, you can do that. Take the little extra effort to have some cash on you that you yeah. can you can have available if someone needs it. And if not, you know, maybe you know, can you you know donate some time to to a shelter or something, or, or to uh, like a, a kitchen of some sort? Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> Hug, mate. Yeah. 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 Oh, good up, mate. Good up. Good up. Good up. Right, I think you're going to uh, pop a kettle on. Well, I'm going to go have a nap. Have a, have nice, a good one. Nice. So, Laura. Yeah. We wrote a book. We did. We finished writing a draft that we sent to the publisher. Now all we need to do is fund it so it can ha- it can be out in the world. So it can be edited because they won't touch it until you've done that. Well, exactly. They're not going to do it until they know they can get paid. No. So, uh, you know. Yeah. If you can't. Do it yourself, or you've already done it. Maybe you Maybe could share it. Give it a share. Tell people about it. Tell people it seems good. It's called Who Wants the Whale? It's it's on Unbound. Unbound.com forward slash books forward slash whale. It's it's what it would be like to work as a PA within um, within a, a supremacy software. I nearly called it Electronic Active Software because I can't imagine why anyone would call it. No, a why would that. anyone call it that? That's that's not our legal team have advised us that that's not what they're called. That's not what the book's called or the company in the book's called. <laughs> that's nothing. No. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if you if you wanna wanna get involved in that, we've got we've got tiers. You can get like all of your books that have yeah. been on Unbound. Through uh, yeah, get a, a bundle of signed books that includes my past Unbound yep. books. Uh, you get a little Skype call with us. You yep. could get a swag bag yeah. of Supremacy Software merch. Heck yeah! This is this is your this is your shot. Get some Supremacy Software swag while you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very excited for people to. To be able to get their hands on it, and, and I hope that uh, I hope that's soon. Yeah, oh, that's soon. Yeah, so so yeah, give it a look. Um, you can read a the the very first draft of the first chapter yeah. uh, over there if you want to sort of get a feel for what our writing style is like when we're doing novels, rather than when Laura Solo is doing facts or butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you love it when I'm doing butt stuff. I do love it. The when people I do love butt it stuff. when I do butt stuff. But yeah, you are excellent at butt stuff. 
You you just know how to get right in there with the butt stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I really dive into the butt stuff. You do dive into the butt stuff. I would say you're probably the 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 web the internet's uh, premier tushy investigator. <laughs> <laughs> I do other stuff. Laura K Buzz, Twitter, <laughs> Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, go check out. Go, just search Laura K Buzz. You'll find the stuff. I got cool stuff coming. Go check out the cool stuff I got coming. What about you? Me? Yeah. Me? Well, I Twitch stream and I make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. That you do. And I design t-shirts. Uh, you've got one of them over there. I can yeah. see it right from here. It's a bunny and it says frighteningly gay on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can get all sorts of, 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 of my designs over there, including the Wealth Inequality Solution ones. Another t-shirt that you own. Yeah. And one Fee owns as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm well supported by my partners. Yeah. Uh, you can join them. You can be as cool as them. Uh, by uh getting on over to streamerlinks.com/slash Janiac J A N E I A C and find links to all of my stuff in one convenient place where you just click on the buttons, and you only have to remember one website. Uh, because I could not manage unified branding. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, alternatively, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, just because my Wednesdays have, uh, are not going to be spent writing a book, that does not mean I'm going to be doing any less work. Yep. Because, you know, I'm not making this pay a living wage yet. <laughs> One day. One, One day. day. Maybe. Right then, uh, uh, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Yay!